0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to The Thawk, a podcast about the mechanical keyboard hobby and what makes it come up with a switch name. Our guest this episode is a mechanical keyboard enthusiast that has made a difference in the hobby. He is the creator of the now infamous Holy Panda, host of TopClack, and apparently has been given a new nickname by a known retailer. Quakems, or should I say Quackems? welcome to The Thog.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. It's, uh, it's an honor and a pleasure to be here.
0: No, man, it's a pleasure to have you. Really a also, pleasure to have you. Also, quack quack.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm sure you'll love that nickname. I, I right? do, actually. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So, uh, as you probably are aware, we always start with the most uh, cheesy and, you know, usual question of them all, but, you know, it is how it is. So, what got you into the mechanical keyboard hobby to start with?
1: Oh man! Well, I unfortunately I don't really have a a, a terribly interesting backstory. Um, no, I was really. <laughs> yeah, I mean, believe it or not, uh, we're not all we're not all uh, super crazy in our in our past pre keyboard lives, as it were. Um, I came in rather comfortably through the PC hobby. Um, I was a big part of custom PCs. I like to build and fix PCs. I did that for for several years, and yeah. uh, you. A little little bit into my journey I decided that I, I needed a new keyboard and uh, I was doing a little research on mechanical keyboards and uh, I settled on a cooler master quick fire rapid with cherry MX yeah. blacks and this was this was around 2013
0: all that gaming side of it the same thing I think everyone starts like that right looking at the uh, what is better f- for gaming and I think most of us start from the from the pc hobby as well they yeah come in through there right.
1: It's a really natural transition, right? You, yeah, you spend true. so much time and pour so much care into something like a custom PC that you build for yourself. Um, you, you eventually want good peripherals to go around that, right? You know, you want some good headphones or some good speakers, you know, a good yeah, monitor and, and keyboard is just uh, another, another interface that, you know, you're going to spend a lot of time using and... I learned early on that, you know, these are the kind of things you want to invest in, the things that you're going to be putting this much time in. It's just like it's no different than buying a really nice, comfortable bed, for example.
0: Correct. Yeah, true, true. So then you got your Cooler Master. And then from there, when did you actually realize that you had taken that red pill and that you had fallen into the rabbit hole of mechanical keyboards? (laughs)
1: Well, so the Cooler Master Quickfire Rapid with the MX Blacks that I had was was a really nice keyboard to me. I I really thoroughly enjoyed using it. And uh, I think it was in 2014, Cooler Master... Oh, no, I'm sorry, not Cooler Master. Corsair had just released their new uh, RGB keyboards. So the K65 RGB, K70 RGB, um, that whole line. And uh, I managed to pick up a secondhand K65 RGB for a pretty reasonable price. They only paid about a hundred dollars for it, which was which was quite a bit below retail at the time. And that had Cherry MX Reds in it, and I I had a good time with the RGB. It was fun and all, but the uh, you know the mysticism around the RGB kind of died off pretty mm-hmm, early for too. me, and I, I really hated the switches. I had MX Reds. They felt terrible. And I thought, gosh, man, I need to get rid of this keyboard. So I I wound up selling it on Mech Market. I had to. I, this is when I first learned about R slash Mech Market and R slash Mechanical keyboards, more or less. So I I sold the keyboard, and I I saw another listing while I was selling it for a uh, I think it was the IKBC Poker Two, which was a, a little newer at the time, but there was the sixty uh, percent. That yep. seemed to check a lot of the boxes that I was looking for in a keyboard. And this one had Cherry MX Browns, and I had never tried those before. It also had PBT keycaps, which I had never tried before. And uh, it was it was a pretty low price as well. So I, I sold my K65 RGB, and I instantly picked up that Poker 2. And typing on it was a surreal experience. It was unlike other keyboards I have tried and it was unlike anything I was expecting a mechanical keyboard could be and I mean looking back now the Poker 2 is not a particularly famous or luxurious keyboard but I think at the time it was really a testament to what mechanical keyboards could be and it was it was quite an experience.
0: Did you find that that change from linears to tactiles even though you know browns that's not this on them but again they're browns. (laughs) Uh, did you find that you know did you find that change to to tactiles a a big thing for you
1: it was very different because i wasn't really sure what to expect and i mean looking back on it now obviously i was much newer to the scene and i i was way less experienced than i am now i had never really tried anything else correct it was i thought they were amazing right like it was it was so new and it was so different and that coupled with the uh, the pbt keycaps and i think it had aluminum plate I want to say it might have been steel but it, I think it was an aluminum plate yeah and totally different just, than yeah it was it, it felt so premium to me right like you use uh, an OEM keyboard like a Corsair or a Cooler Master and it can feel fine but it, it doesn't really have that level of like luxuriousness and to me the Poker 2 really kind of accentuated what a keyboard could be and I mean you know again looking back on it now it feels like a really entry-level product that doesn't have a whole lot of meaning but at the time it was it was what really opened me up to the hobby and got me more interested in trying new things.
0: You're talking about that is exactly the same thing that you know when I got my first mechanical keyboard and it was actually like a 25 pound uh, gaming keyboard right but the switch from like you were saying from a membrane keyboard to a mechanical keyboard with Otemo Reds which scratchy as hell but that change is immediately, you know, yourself, you feel like, wow, how different it is. You know, it, it, it's curious how it is. Obviously now, in a much later stage that we are in the hobby, uh, you know, we look at other stuff. But that change into into a mechanical keyboard and in your case with a poker from, a, you know, commercial uh, keyboard, it is uh, an impressive thing for us. It's nice and very day, curious. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, speaking of that, right, so... What are you currently typing on? I'm sure that it's not on that poker anymore,
1: right? Um, no. Uh, you know, I I I regret selling that board. I sold it a long time ago. Um, <laughs> but I I, <laughs> I often wish that I kept the the few keyboards that kept me, um, or at least got me started in the hobby. Rather, um, yeah, just yeah, for I like the sake of nostalgia. Uh, but no, I've certainly evolved uh, as an enthusiast over the time since then. And now I'm typing on the mechanisk tinned
0: keyboard oh tend. nice, nice
1: yeah, nice i recently nice. had the dual build stream with jay where we both built our tin keyboards and it's it's amazing this is absolutely one of the best keyboards i've ever used and i'm, I'm nice. just yeah. I, I i get giddy just thinking about typing on it so i'm very happy <laughs> to uh, have been using it since i i built it and this one is built up with a carbon fiber plate and the jwk lavender switches which i've been really enjoying
0: cool cool yeah i have a i have a Clipper myself. I haven't gotten the tint. I have a clipper, and curiously enough, I just got a a carbon fiber plate also to put on it. So let's see how it how it feels. But you know, I really like I really like uh, boards. They're really nice.
1: You know, I do too. I'm a big fan of sixty percent, and they only have made sixty percent so far. So yeah, correct. Correct. I feel a good affiliation with this.
0: Correct. So speaking about that and about sixty percent, right? Do you even small? Which means, like, what is your favorite form factor? You already <laughs> told me 60%. Oh, my gosh. Do you really go even smaller than that, 40%, something like that, or not really?
1: I I try, man. I really try. <laughs> um, I, I own sub-60% boards, and I've used a lot of them. I've tried a lot of them. But I just keep going back to 60%. I mean, I I don't do a whole lot of traveling. I think 60% tends to be the perfect size for me. It's a very nice balance. Anything too much larger, and I often hit my hand on it while gaming as I'm swinging my mouse around because I play a lot of um, first-person shooters. Yeah. So I I, I hate slamming my mouse or my hand into my keyboard, so I need something kind of small. And... um, I've never really been someone that needs dedicated arrow keys or dedicated F row or navigation cluster or numpads. So I, I sort of just fell into 60%. Um, it, it all goes back to the Poker 2 that we were talking about just a moment ago. Yeah, correct. Yeah. You know, I, I was, when I first unboxed that, I was just blown away by how tiny it was. Because I had only come from TKLs before. I thought TKLs were the small, compact form factor. I had never used a 60%. And this thing was just like, it was so tiny. And my hands just completely engulf it.
0: Yeah, it's, it's so funny, right? It's, it's the same thing. So, And I believe everyone that gets into this hobby and then goes into that 60% side or, or that side, you know, the smaller side of the hobby is that... You know, you start out with a 100% and you feel that it, that is enough. Then you change into a TKL and, you know, it doesn't have the, the, the num row and you go like, oh, you know, not the num row, the, the, you know, the num cluster. And they go like, oh, yeah, this is. And then you change to a 60% that is so small. But for me, the most funny thing is that when after you've been using a 60% for a while, when you go back to a 100% keyboard and that's where you go like, whoa, this is huge. It's enormous. so curious,
1: right? Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Now, on that note, then, in and, in, in, you know, co- continuing with the keyboard, uh, you know, theme, do you like them stiff or do you like them weakly? And again, this is talking about keyboards, nothing else. Uh, what is your favorite keyboard mounting style? Do you like them more soft and, you know, uh, wobbly, or do you like them more firm, like with a brass plate, something like that?
1: I think that my answer for this is going to be an answer that I use a lot for a lot of things in the hobby rather. And that's just, I like variety more than anything else. Mm -hmm. And I'm lucky enough to be able to own several keyboards and have a lot of different configurations and have tried so many things uh, in the hobby and experienced so much that I've learned that there is no one configuration to end them all, to rule them all as it were. So I, I tend to just swap keyboards a lot because I like, I like the variety. If I had to pick, a specific configuration that i like the best i think i would probably say that i definitely prefer the softer or more flexible typing experiences got it um but it, it does depend on the mounting style a lot i tend to prefer top mount with non-metal plates so things like palm or polycarbonate um you know or even things like fr4 and carbon fiber um but when it comes to something like a gasket mount, for example, I tend to actually prefer the stiffer metal plates. Um, more specifically, aluminum, I think, is is kind of the curious. best friend of the gasket mount. And, and other curious. than that, I tend to shy away from most metal plates these days because I don't tend to like them in any other configuration. So I like a little flex. I like a little bounce, which are different things, by the way. Yes, and, correct. Um, correct, yeah. Yeah, I I know Jay is kind of the the stiffer guy. And out of our duo, I certainly am the softer guy of the two.
0: (laughs) Now, another question, which is, ergo what, bro? What are the limits (laughs) of ergonomics to you? Do you, you know, you already talked about 60%, etc. But do you really go every, you know, splurgo, split keyboard, corns, that side of the hobby? Or is that something that you don't really approach?
1: Uh, Okay, so... There's this is a pretty loaded question because I totally value and respect a lot of what the ergonomic keyboards and layouts and community members do. I think that it can be enormously beneficial to get better at an ergonomic layout. However, I do also think that if you're going to use a kind of ergonomic layout like, um, like the Ergodox or the Corn, you know all these things that you mentioned, I think it's something you kind of have to commit to. And I swap keyboards so often that it would be very difficult for me to adjust to layouts that drastically different, you know, week to week. And while I think I probably could do it, I think I'll wind up being more faster and more efficient and more comfortable on the more standard, like 60% layout, for example. Um, but I've often said that if if I if I were to go ergonomic and I were to just only use one layout for the rest of my life and never go back, it would probably be something like the Ergo Docs.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You know, like you said, that's, that's my main thing about it, you know, and that's the thing that I, the that I've a lot, you know, I like them a lot to build them, etc. But I think that they take so much uh, effort in to get into that, uh, you know, into using them that, you know, my, I, don't, I just don't, uh, like you said, I like to change keyboards and, and then I, you know, I don't feel the, the need to and and especially because i've never had any issues with rsa or anything uh you know to invest into an ergonomic but i also you know appreciate why they exist and that they do you know create benefits to 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 people right
1: yeah a lot of people actually don't even realize that you know there's there's like medical ergonomic benefits in the hobby too a lot of people look at these kind of layouts and wonder, you know, why they even exist or how people even use them. And oftentimes it's, it's people that, you know, like you mentioned have RSI or some kind of other screen Correct. or disability that, you know, makes them, you know, unable to type, you know, for lack of a better term on a more normal configuration. You know, I,
0: I think that they actually probably came, came about because of that, you know, yeah. and more uh, like, like again, Microsoft ergonomic, which is membrane, but it's probably one of the few, the first right where Microsoft, created this ergonomic uh, thing maybe at the time experimenting a bit but i think you know it came more because of that than actually because you know someone decided let me make all these crazy board split that looks obviously now uh, they do go you know full out there uh, but but you know i think it's a bit like that and and the, the benefits of a lot of people using it's because of that it's because they have rsi, RSI etc that you know it actually benefits them a lot
1: absolutely yeah
0: right now, moving on from the usual questions, and we have to go into the most dedicated to to Mister Uh And the first one, obviously, you know, I know that you hate the question, and you're tired about speaking about it about the topic, but you answered this tons of times. Uh, but I obviously need to start with the holy panda, right? Yeah. Uh, if that's... even if even if only for the newer people that listen to us. Uh, you know that started in the hobby and probably are not familiar still with the story, but can you tell me a bit about the story behind it?
1: For sure, and I and I will say that you know it's it's certainly an interesting story, and there's a lot of information out there that you can find um, even just by googling, both from me and other people. Uh, but I'll yeah I'll I'll start out with a bit of a, a bit of a story as well. Um, so again, this story is uh, sadly not a super <laughs> interesting one. Um, however, flashback to 2017. Uh, myself and my Vin Topclack co-host, Man of Interests, um, also known as Huey, were at the Summer Keyboard Meetup in Seattle. Um, there, we had Hata of Input Club in attendance, and he's a uh, he's an engineer over at Input Club, brilliant mind, and has one of the most interesting collections of keyboards ever.
0: The um, man behind the the, the Hata Force curves.
1: Yeah, the Hata Force curves, the Halo switches, the Hako switches, and yeah. the uh, the upcoming K type as well, which is about to ship, I believe, soon. Or not the K type, rather the uh, Keystone. But I guess the K type as well. He's done a lot of things, all right. Yes, <laughs> correct. So, uh, <laughs> anyways, he he's an engineer for the Input Club, and uh, he was working on finalizing their Halo Switch series with Kale, who had just revamped their factory and was putting out a lot of really compelling Switch options. Honestly, I got to try a lot of them um, as soon as they launched, and it was it was quite something. Um, anyways, at that meetup, I got to try Zondas for the first time, uh, which mm-hmm. was kind of one of the first major Franken switches, as far as I'm concerned. Like, you could argue the Ergo Clear, yada, yada, yada. But I think Zonda was one of the first true Franken switches in my eyes. Yeah. And as the name might suggest, it was a pretty simple combination of a Zelio stem uh, inside a panda housing. And this was, you know, earlier days of Zelios. So definitely no V2. This was round two, round three uh, kind of Zelio um so anyways it it was awesome i got to try it on i forgot which board it was it was it was a nicer tkl but it was an amazing combination Mm -hmm. Uh, to me it it felt like more like a an intense ergo clear which was you know still really popular at that time i knew that i was going to make some of those in the near future because i just loved them so much and i knew i had Zelios and pandas to spare um because i really wasn't using them for anything else so after the meetup, uh, both Man of Interest and myself were lucky enough to go home with the newest prototypes of the Halo switches. So there was two. There was the Halo True and the Halo Clear. I got the Halo Trues, and Huey got the Halo Clears. Um, the only difference being the, uh, the Spring, the spring Yeah The Halo True had a much, a much heavier, more progressive Spring, and the Clear was a little bit more akin to what you'd find in Ergo Clear. hmm um, So when I got home, I built up my Noxury X60 with the Halo Trues. Uh, It was pretty nice and unique, but not really perfect. But not long after, I found myself building some Zondas for an upcoming build. And during the process that I saw on my desk, I still had a few Halo switches left to spare and figured, (laughs) well, you know, if, if Panda housings can really accentuate these other stems that we've been using, why not the Halo as well? Yeah. And thus the holy panda was born. I guess, um, though it was unnamed at that point, it would later get its name after suggested by Huey. Actually, he told me I needed to name it uh, yeah. since I was the one that you know discovered it, for lack of a better term. And, and holy panda was his suggestion, and I was like, "Well, that sounds pretty good. So let's just go with that." <laughs> and that's that's kind of how it uh, came to be. And at the time, it was it was really a remarkable switch to me because I've been a longtime lover of Topra and it was pretty yeah. much the closest thing that i found a topra in the mx format uh, while also having a you know a, an iconic sound it was it's intoxicating honestly if you've never heard or typed on holy pandas it's so different than anything else
0: yeah correct correct the sound Thanks. the sound you know I, i'm not going to be you know probably not going to be politically correct here because i'm a linear <laughs> guy i don't really like tactiles but the sound of the holy
1: pandas is really really nice that's true that that's really sure. true sure yeah so so i Oh sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I, I'm almost done with this story. <laughs> no, no,
0: no. Hey, sorry. you can talk how much you want about it, man. Go ahead. No worries. <laughs>
1: no, no worries. I don't wanna I don't know how long these these shows like to be kept, so I didn't wanna I didn't want to trail off too much. But um anyways, just just a quick wrap-up to this. So I stopped I stopped building the zondas. I had already built like 20 or 30 zondas at this point. And instead, I took them all apart, I desoldered my X60, harvested all the Halo stems, <laughs> and rebuilt it with the first holy pandas. These were the the prototype Halo switches, so myself and man of interest were the only people that had these. So it was, it would have happened anyways. It was just a matter of time. I just happened to be the first person to put you know two and two together, uh, and so, the board was unlike unlike anything I've ever used. Like truly night and day from other boards. And I've I've even had people offer me like a thousand dollars at meetups, uh, for the boards after they try it, which you know by today's standards is not is, yeah an insane amount of money yeah but, but at, at the, time, the time it was crazy it was, obviously yeah. yeah. Yeah, you still I mean, have that board, right? You still I do it. still have that board. It's right behind me, actually. Yeah, I, yeah. I'll probably never get rid of it. I can't really imagine ever. So, but I've used other Holy Panda boards too, and like nothing even other compares. It's like still a completely different scale of feel and sound. It's quite nice. Funny,
0: funny. So, why do you think that have become so much of a you know, or, or one of the, or if not the most famous switch in the hobby, in in terms of custom switches, obviously. Uh, you know, um, going to a point th- where they even being
1: sold, like, for $5 each. Yeah, which is kind of crazy. C- totally I, think, crazy yeah. I think at the time, there just wasn't anything like it. It was just so absurdly different from everything else MX that it was a real breath of fresh air for a lot of people. It changed the way we kind of look at keyboards and tactiles and kind of gave us a real serious push to the movement of sound being as important as feel for a keyboard. Um yeah. Because, I mean, obviously there was people that that value sound in, in a keyboard. But I feel like it wasn't really talked about very much until uh, the last few years. And now it's, you know, a, as important or more so for a lot of Correct. people than, than feel yeah. itself. You know, which yeah. it probably sounds ridiculous to people outside the hobby, but it's, you know, these silly minute differences our community likes to obsess over <laughs> that kind of make us who we are.
0: But, but I agree, you know, it, it, it's funny because it's one of the things I also really enjoyed about about when, when I started using them is, is you know I, I like to say that, that keyboards are it's about senses right it's feeling it's hearing it's it's the visuals, uh, but sound is a very important thing you know if you like the sound that it that it brings you know that's one of the things you know at work I can hear people talk you know typing on membranes and it's horrible right and yeah and 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 that sound is important you know and if you have your own board you obviously want the sound that you prefer you know it. There's a reason why the show is called The Thawk, right? There's also a reason <laughs> yeah. behind it, right?
1: Absolutely. So as, I, 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 as far as the price, though, like, because you said that they did get really expensive. And I think as far as the pricing went, it was it was honestly just simple supply and demand. The Switch was gaining popularity like really, really quickly, but only had one small run of Panda Switches by then. I, I, I do mean very small. I think it was only around 4,000 Switches or so. Which is yeah. nothing in nothing, our hot. Yeah. Even, even at correct. that time, it was yeah. it was nothing. Uh, Halo switches were a little bit more abundant, um, but still not really something you can conveniently pick up because you usually would have to buy a K type with those switches, which was a hot swap TKL, and you would have to remove the switches and then use them for your holy pandas. At the peak, yeah. I definitely saw aftermarket prices around five dollars for pandas, you know, two two ish dollars US for halos, which is ludicrous. Yeah. But yeah, know, people correct. wanted them, and well, I mean. Our hobby is primarily a luxury hobby, no matter how you slice it. So, you're going to have people with money to spare.
0: Uh, correct. True. Because, again, you know, I also say a lot, you know, a 10 pound keyboard does exactly the same thing. It puts letters <laughs> on a computer, exactly yep. the same thing. So, yeah, I would, I would agree that it's a luxury hobby for sure. Right. Now, I promise the last question about them Did the drama of the glorious thing make you feel anything different regarding it?
1: Oh, man. Um,
0: And to be honest, you know, I'm totally... I totally agree that that situation that they did, calling them now with the name Glorious Panda, that makes total sense. But when they came up with their holy panda trying to, you know, to to copyright everything, I think that was a big, you know, shot in the foot for them. Obviously, they apparently are very nice switches too, but, you know, did you and again you said that you don't really care but you have to care a bit the- i
1: of course of course i mean the, the, the easy answer is yes i i do feel differently about it it was kind of a surreal experience honestly i i spent time talking to drop and i spent time talking to glorious and yep. there was all all kinds of talk about copyrights and legal mumbo jumbo that i honestly just don't care for i'm I'm a simple guy, and that's not really why I got into keyboards, nor is it the reason I stay into keyboards. Correct. Um, I, I don't think Drop or Glorious, uh, you know, were inherently evil about the situation. You know, it's just business, as I'm sure a lot of people would say. Honestly, though, I just, I just didn't care. I, I talked to a few people that I trusted, including some people that work in law, and came to the conclusion that I, it just wasn't worth the headache or, you know, long-term costs that I would have racked up over time.
0: Oh yeah, um, for sure. Sure,
1: I would for have gotten sure. royalties, but it, it's not it's not just that simple, right? Like it's it, there's a whole lot more to it that there's a lot there's lawyers involved, you have to defend yeah, yeah. your patents or your copyrights. Correct. You know, it, yeah. it's it, it's a it's it's a whole ordeal. Um but yeah, I mean I, I guess I was and still sort of am numb to the situation. Holy pandas yeah. are cool, don't get me wrong, but it's it's not what I want to be known for in the community, you know?
0: No, correct, correct. And, and you said this you you said it several times too you said this several times that it's not what you want to be known for and, and it's true right but uh but again yeah. like like i was saying the only thing for me was really that was them using that name if they came up like they did after all the the bomb they came up with glorious pandas or whatever you know then it would be different right but uh uh again it's uh it's companies like you said it's business they they yeah. they, they took the marketing and they went with it that's basically Definitely, yeah I don't really, like you say, I don't think that it was an evil thing about them. It's not an evil move. Uh, you know, even when they were saying about, although they can say that, oh, yeah, it was our lawyer that advised us to copyright the name. No, it was also them trying it. You know, no one is that saint, but still. Yeah. Yeah, you know,
1: anyway. no, I mean, it. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a loaded topic. There's there's definitely a lot to kind of mm-hmm, to think about mm-hmm. and go over here. But and
0: there was a and there was a lot of ink and a lot of letters being written about it at the time. So yeah, let's not go again and and bring it all that up. But true.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was it was a weird. The Holy Panda was a very weird situation, and like every time I feel like it's finally over. Something, <laughs> Something happens again, and my inbox gets flooded. It, I, like I don't. It's a cool yeah. switch. It's a piece of our history. There is absolutely a lot to learn from it and the situation surrounding it. But it's just over for me. If that makes yeah.
0: sense. Yeah. And speaking of over, are you happy that you now got a new nick in the form of Quack M's? <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, okay. So the nickname actually goes back to 2017 and the inception of the official Top Clack Discord. So yep. one of our very first emotes was uh, a duck with my face on it, titled Quackums. And it's, it's been that way ever since. I don't remember who first came up with it. Uh, I don't think it was me. Uh, regardless, yeah. it, never, it never really caught on. <laughs> Though now, yeah. it, now it has, after Torius <laughs> made that typo. I, I, I gotta be honest, I'm totally okay with it. Because, you know, it's, it's funny and we all need a little comedy in our lives.
0: Correct, correct. Now, you mentioned it several times. Unavoidable to talk, obviously, also about clack. You know, it's the staple keyboard stream in the hobby. How did you come about making it so early, both in the hobby as well as in Twitch? If I understand, you guys started on Twitch, correct, correct me if I'm wrong.
1: Yes, that is correct.
0: Uh, and again, I'm sorry for the question, but me as many others now in the hobby, we're not there at the time that it started, right? Uh, yeah. What was the traction that it got initially? And, uh, you know, how were the early days of Top class?
1: Yeah, well, first and foremost, I, I really appreciate the kind words. Um, <laughs> no, it is, man. I, speed, I right? think, I
0: you know, this is an honest, honest opinion for me. You know, I think that there's a lot of people doing, for, you know, uh, very good work. But I always looked at at uh, TopClack as one of the, if not the staple, right? It's one of the shows that we have about keyboards.
1: You're you're gonna make me cry here. Rogan. I can't. I can't. I'm trying. I'm trying.
0: <laughs>
1: all, right, all right. Well, I'll probably wind up crying before the end of this. Um, <laughs> anyways, I I think it was just timing. Honestly, it was September 2016, and uh, in the key chatter Slack, we had I don't know, maybe 10 people. One of them was Apolitary, um, who you also might know as Bektor. Um, yeah. Not very active in the community these days, but you know, you could you could certainly call him an OG. Um, He's an enthusiast that was, and still is, I think, living in Japan. Super awesome guy. He got his doctorate not too long ago, so shout out to him for that. Um, One day, he asked the Slack if anyone wanted to start a keyboard podcast. Now, this Slack was kind of crazy to me. It was a private Slack chat, and though it only had about 10 people, they were all what I'd call quote-unquote celebrities of the community at the time yeah yeah uh, legendary keyboard journalists like living Speedbump, bump um, you know brilliant minds like Edge Decoder, artists like key collective and power collectors like dilbert programmer and these names probably mean nothing to a lot of the newer people in the hobby these days but these yeah. are the kind of people that you know really shaped the hobby as we know it and uh, I, I felt kind of out of place among them but you know also honored living speed bump was kind of like a mentor to me i guess and you know anyways i, I let Terry's request sit in the channel for a bit but nobody replied for days the message just sat there with with nothing after it <laughs> so I, I you know i felt out of place among all these legends but like since nobody was saying anything i kind of chimed in with a you know sure that sounds like fun let's do that so we uh we had a video chat not long after and it was admittedly a little awkward um but anyways we we eventually decided to do a live stream instead of a traditional podcast and honestly i can't remember why but looking back on it now i think it was the right choice though um nobody else was doing keyboard stuff on twitch like actually nobody it just wasn't a thing yet um there wasn't really anyone doing content like this in general, I feel like in the hobby, and the only thing that was kind of similar was The Board, um, which you know was actually yeah. a podcast. Okay. Uh, shout out to Don, uh, aka Don, Flayra, yeah. who's he's Indeed. he's a real OG content creator in the community, as, as far it's as I'm crazy he, man, yeah. He's he's also part of the reason I, I wanted to start Talk Clack because uh, I, I came on his show. Uh, you know pretty early on and I, I just had so much fun and, you know he's such a gentleman that I, I was like man this this is fun I kind of want to do something like this. He, is,
0: he just he just uh, he just made four years a podcast yeah. four years old about yeah. keyboards it's crazy. Yeah he's, Re- big he's respect one of the that.
1: few content studios that's been around longer than Top Clack honestly. Mm, yeah
0: true. So how were the early days again of Top Clack where did you guys immediately start out with uh, like the news or was it a bit different at the time?
1: it was definitely a bit different at the time. So you know the top Clack early days were filled with you know carefree enthusiasts just enjoying the hobby, honestly. it's yeah, it's not a again, it's not a particularly sad or interesting story. We just got together and we talked about keyboards um, our our very first episode featured featured a guest man of interest. Um, you know we had such a good time with him that we decided we should just kind of pursue pursue it as a trio instead of a duo. yeah, uh, so yeah. we did. And after about a year in, Apolitary needed to spend some more time on his studies because, you know, he was trying to get his uh, his doctorate, his PhD. So he sort of kind of faded out of keyboards and top clack over time. But Man of Interest and I kept going strong together. We had no real traction when we started. You know, we're streaming to only a handful of viewers, you know, 10, 15, 20, most, most of the starting episodes. Yeah. And we weren't really, we weren't, I hate to use this term, but like we we weren't really celebrity status in the key, the keyboard community yet. And, yeah, you know, correct, I, I, I I really hate using that word, but it's kind of just easy know to what tell the story that way. Yeah, uh, just like influencer, mean. right? It's a terrible, yeah. terrible word. <laughs> correct. Um, admittedly, though, you know, I was I was trying to make a name for myself in the hobby. I wanted I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to be one of those people that I looked up to, the kind of people that helped me so much when I was starting. Now, out Now,
0: correct. You know, and, and like you say, it's that thing, right? Speaking about celebrities, it's not that, like you say, but I, th- I think it's more like this: is that you know, if you're doing something, you really want to do something that is. You know that it that becomes known, which means that you're yeah. doing your the thing that you want to do properly,
1: yeah, actually like making a difference
0: exactly you you know no one me like me, I'm not doing this podcast just because ah, you know no you know if if you do it you want you want it to get somewhere that's basically what it is yeah. that means that you're doing something oh, yeah. right, correct yeah. that's that's what it is.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, he really hit the nail on the head there. And like, at, yeah. at the time, I was, I was super active in the community, like really, really active, like all day, every day. I was, you know, on the Reddit, on the forums, like d- talking to people. And I, I tried to learn as much as I could as fast as I could from all the best sources that I could. Correct. Um, you know, I, I talked to everyone, I asked a lot of questions, I did a lot of experimenting. Um, I planned the first major Seattle keyboard meetup in 2016, which was which was relatively successful as well. I was I was a super active moderator for R slash uh, Mech Market at the time, and uh, you know that that kind of helped me kind of grow and learn a little bit more within the hobby as well. I, I wrote their first real moderators guide to help new mods. I started becoming you know a little bit more known around the hobby because of these things. So I was kind of feeling pretty good about TopClack in the future. Honestly, though, it, it it just kind of started as three guys having a good time and talking about one passion that brought us all together. That's and cool. like yeah. over, over the years, like top pack has seen a, a pretty significant amount of changes, including Huey's departure towards the end of 2018, Jay coming on towards the start of 2019, multiple yeah. format changes. But, you know, at, at the end of the day, we're just a couple of random guys that like to talk about keyboards, you know, in, in our way not yeah. unlike most people in the hobby and nowadays there are tons of keyboard streamers and other content creators several of them much larger than top clack uh, which is awesome you know we want to see our hobby grow and our community members succeed and I I spent too long trying to make it a competition and, and a business, and it's just it's just not how it should be in my eyes.
0: Exactly. Yeah.
1: I used uh, to be yeah. so worried about things like view count and schedule and what people thought of me, you know. But now I just want to make people happy and enjoy their lives you know because life is life is wild man but it is there man. are so it many is. content creators big and small it was really relieving um when i stopped thinking of it as you know a business that needs to grow fast and faster than others and started thinking about more as like an outlet for for my passion and trying to be able to help others as well
0: did you find that that also helped you um grow the show you know instead of always being concentrated on just uh, you know numbers <sighs> and I think, that, or that think, released you the pressure to just you know, like you said, go there and enjoy it, and then makes make better content because of that. Because you're not really that concentrated on on that aspect and more into you know what you want to do. And this, yeah, we'll go, we'll get there because obviously of the of the change on content yeah, we'll, that, that we'll Topcock had. Yeah, but anyway, yeah,
1: we'll we'll, we'll get there. Yeah, <laughs> I think we're yeah. coming up on that actually.
0: Now, do you have any specific? specific memory from the show that you still keep to this day and any special one that you like to mention and any special people you want to acknowledge we all know that none is with jay but you know it is what it is <laughs> <laughs> oh sorry jay gosh. i just had to throw that one at you <laughs> oh
1: my god you would, you would. that's okay though making fun of jay is just part of it's a, part of life i think uh, <laughs> just like how people make fun of me yeah <laughs> So there are so many people that helped me and TopClack over the years. The list would truly be miles long, um, which yeah. feels like a really cop-out answer. So I, you know, I definitely want to thank and acknowledge some people, um, starting with, with my co-host, Jay. Uh, obviously, we just joked about him. But, you <laughs> yeah, know, exactly. I, he's just one of the best people in the community. He I never is. expected things to go so well after he joined. You know, he's, been, he's been so much more than just my co-host he's taught me so much about keyboards you know, about life and most importantly he's just he's been a really amazing friend yeah. and you know it's it's sort of the same with um, man of interest as well i know obviously he departed the show you know we butt, we butted heads a bit we had some disagreements but you know he'll always be like a brother to me um you know, also, I'd, I'd like to shout out Mex on Deck, which is another keyboard content studio. Uh, Osiris and Chewy do an awesome job over there. and their they, show do. Is, they do. Their
0: yeah. sh-
1: it's great. And they're honestly two of the most genuine people I know, um, along with a lot of the other amazing content creators that have kind of helped me and the community over the years. Tiny, Minterly, Alex Otos, Teha Types, and I know, oh, yeah, uh, rest in peace to Keebtown, which uh, I don't know if you're familiar with Keebtown, but that was a former no. podcast. No. That featured uh, Dixie, uh, as well as Woke Chill and Tennis Shoe Ninja. Um, no, I'm not familiar this was, with them, no. This was, this was several years back, uh, but that was a pretty cool podcast as well. You know, we're, we're really fortunate to have so many unique and genuine content creators in the hobby. Like, it, it really could be so much worse than it is.
0: I think, like, like you were mentioning before, you know, is, it's one of the things that, that I think you see in the hobby, too, is that there's not that much competition. You know, it's it's not about making numbers and no it's uh, really healthy you know because take I take this from uh from one of my uh previous guests, Obosab that said, you know we are nerds that like you know keyboards you know how, how can we judge each other right we all we all like these bizarre things, so you know I think that our passion for something so specific as keyboards ties them ties us all together a lot because of that. Because, you know, we like an odd thing. Um, a lot of us have, maybe are more introverts, etc. But, but the most thing is that we, are, we all like, you know, me, I, I'm a metal fan. And it's a very funny thing that I always said about heavy metal concert. You can be in a heavy metal concert, you know, full, fully tattooed with long hair. And you can be there shaved with a suit and tie. You're there. You like the band. You like the music. You're a good guy right you know, like the, I,
1: the the content itself doesn't discriminate right correct correct like that's the thing it, it, you know you can't by by definition right like yeah. only people discriminate the content itself doesn't so I, you're definitely right absolutely
0: right now changing the mood a bit to something a bit different but i really wanted to bring up this subject which oh, is wait, hold mental. on I, I did go want to.
1: Ad- Sorry, I, before you before you continue, I did want to address you, you. did ask me, I didn't actually answer this, but you asked me for uh, some specific memories, and I did make a note of uh, of one or two just because yep. I I wanted, I wanted to bring them up, and I'd, I'd be remiss if I didn't uh, answer. The question that you had so lovingly asked me anyways. No worries. Um, But yeah, it's it's kind of a difficult question because I have a bad memory, but there are definitely some interesting things that stood out. Um, Years ago, I made a bet with Oblatsky, who is now obviously a pretty popular designer in our community, um, on how well GMK Plum would sell, which was obviously not one of his sets, but we just made a bet on uh, how well we thought it would sell. And the loser had to eat an entire plum pie. Well, (laughs) I lost the bet. (laughs) <laughs> so I spent uh, most of uh, an upcoming stream. W- we had him on, and we had a we had a stream with with Oblatsky, and and I just ate a plum pie, and uh, I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't actually finish it all. So I stopped like just before I threw up. I got like to the point where, you know where you take a bite of food and like I you know. know it's one too many and I you know, and I you start know. to question whether you're going to be able to keep it down. Well, that's 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 where I got, but I got most of the way through it. Um, funnily enough, though, Oblatsky had also made a, a plum pie and he he ate it alongside me. Um, <laughs> the, the guy is just a genuine class act. It was yeah. it was really fun. Um, but we had like we had so many good guests over the years uh, as well as good discussions. And I think uh, some of my fondest memories. You know, some, something more recent, actually, uh, about six months or so ago. And th- this is the reason I wanted to address this, because we were talking about the format change earlier. Yeah, um, we, we changed our format from being what I'm going to call a news show to something more like a freeform podcast. And at some point, Todd Clack had turned into a news show, uh, which was yeah. honestly fine and, and beneficial to the community. Um, But, you know, what happened, though, is we sort of pigeonholed ourselves into it and we became the news show. And it was still keyboard content, obviously, but over time, I I slowly began to dislike it. And uh, I think, I think, uh, you know, Jay sort of felt the same as well. We were kind of just expected to know everything and you know we had to have an opinion on everything there was always drama lurking and everyone wanted us to cover it and give our thoughts on this and that
0: oh you didn't cover that and you didn't see uh, this and yeah oh man yeah some of the pms
1: that i got man um but like that coupled with the way that the community has grown in the last couple of years it became so much more of a chore to know everything yeah, um, you know, I would spend hours and hours on various forums and lurking in Discord servers and PMing tons of people, trying to learn you know the, the things I needed to know for the show. Uh, you know, and, it became so overwhelming, and, and I just I was God forbid, God forbid, time.
0: if you missed one little thing about that, <laughs> right? That then that would be even a, a worse one, right? Yeah,
1: and I, if it, it felt like a job, and I think we gave the community a lot of information, and it it helped people, but. It felt like we were no longer doing it for ourselves and it was only for the other people and their expectations. Yeah. You know, pe- people like us, we we get a lot of messages. People ask us a lot of questions. And whenever I didn't know the answer, I, I honestly, I got a little scared, you know? thinking people wouldn't respect me or my legacy in the hobby. And, you know, it sounds so silly talking about it now, like a truly truly first world problem. But, you know, that's...
0: But, you know, maybe not. You know, it's one of those things which is identity crisis, right? Which happens even at your work, right? Yeah. And we're going to go again to to the mood, to to what I wanted to talk to about mental health, but it's a bit like that too, is that all those things affect you, right? Uh, And now that you were talking about, which is basically changing... Uh, from from a news show into yeah. into you know a free form thing was also because of that because of of the mental thing and and you posted that even on, on on the top clock website you posted about it and i think it was a you know first of all i think it was a very courageous thing to do he's coming out there and speaking about it uh, because you. you know we uh, i've been there too and i am there you know uh, not that i've been there i, I am there yeah. i think everyone is at is there at the moment because of COVID, etc., and these, these lockdowns? But you know, uh, I, uh, I I said this before. Is that when before you have it, you think, oh, you know what, just get on with it. And <laughs> and we men, honestly, you know, we even say, oh, it's a girl's thing, which I hate to uh,
1: oh, that that yeah. thing. But you know,
0: There's... oh, it's a girl's thing, or just get on with it. Be a man. You always heard that that expression, be a man, etc. But only when you get to that point in, in, in the mental health that is really bad, that you actually realize that it's a thing and it's not good. You know, and I had, I had situations where I didn't want to get out of bed.
1: And you know, oh, I would wake no, up in the yes. morning and I
0: don't want to get out of bed. I don't want to take a shower. I don't want to do anything. Right. Um, and I understand that this is very, very, very complex for a lot of people. Um, but, you know, do you think that everyone that is on the same boat that we are? What they should do, what what would they sh- start by doing with regards to that?
1: Um. Yeah. Well, first off, I want to finish up this memory because I never actually got to the good part.
0: Jesus, man, I um, I, I keep I'm on sorry, cutting you on okay. that. No, no, no. I keep I keep on I, cutting you. This is my fault. This is my fault. <laughs> no, on that. no, no. This is
1: this is just how these shows go. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> I, I'm almost done. We'll touch on that. But before we get too dark here, I I, I do want to say though that th- this yeah. memory kind of rounds out in a little bit more positive light. Um. Anyways, we just, we we wanted we wanted to go back to our roots after kind of being pigeonholed into, you know, the being the news show. And we, we wanted to kind of go back to the roots and rediscover what it meant for us to not just be keyboard enthusiasts, but also content creators in Correct. You know, in right. our I guess debut episode uh, of the new format as it were we talked a lot about how we felt, uh, the mental issues that I had been going through, um, you know, outside of keyboards. But It was no a was, great show. It was, show. was, it was also, you know, sort of, sort of in keyboards as well uh, and lots of other stuff. And, you know, the, the amount of love that we received was truly unbelievable. I, I don't think I've ever felt so cherished before in my life. There was so many kind words and, you know, people donating and subscribing left and right. And, you know, to my surprise, a lot of people were really OK with us moving away from the news. Uh, I'll never forget that episode. I I go back every now yeah. and then, and I've I've watched it a few times now. And I had a hard time not crying on the show, but I I bawled my eyes out after we finished that episode. Man, it was yeah, it but, was but it, it was one of the moments where you feel like the community is like actually your family, right? It's just it's it's a moment that you can't like. Eat. It's just it's just so good. It's so it good. is,
0: but but it is, and that's the thing, right? Is that when you open yourself to that. Right. It's also maybe, maybe a lot of people wouldn't, you know. Uh, I, I, and to be totally honest, I felt that there was something up, you know, it, it, there was something up coming up. And then, you know, you guys stopped and you didn't need to do the show, I think, like for two or three weeks. Uh, your post comes out. Um, I think that even people thought, you know, maybe it's never going to happen again. Right. And then I, yeah. I believe that when you came out and, uh, and, uh, and Jay, and you said, you know what? This is it. We're not doing the news anymore because we're tired of it. You explained your reasons, and, and I think a lot of people also enjoyed it. You know, and I spoke to Jay about it on, on the interview too. And he said at the beginning that maybe you had a bit of, of a, a drop in, in terms of views, etc. But you know, who cares? I think that the people that stay are the people that always stayed and that in really enjoy because they enjoy. You guys, that's the, you know, yeah, and do, that's exactly do, the the honest Honestly, honestly, the, the the thing is that you know, I'm I'm I don't watch. I personally don't watch Clack just because I want to hear the news. Otherwise, I can go into into you know into into GeekHack and I can watch it, or I can watch you know Huey with his five minutes. That's it. No, you yeah. know, I watch because of the people that are there. That's that's yeah, a bit I, like that, right?
1: I'm the same way. You know, I I completely agree. Like I, I the, a lot of the content creators I watch, I don't really care what they're doing. I'm not always watching for what they're doing, right? Like unless I'm just particularly interested in that thing, I'm watching for them, correct? Um, you know, because I like correct. I like their outlook on life, or you know, I like their opinions, or I like this or that about them, and that's that's kind of how I I hope people watch talkback for as well. Like if you're there to learn something, and that's awesome, and I hope you do. But you know, I think in the long term, you know, the, the kind of people that have you know kept watching us, whether you know we're doing one format or another. You know, these are the kind of people that actually enjoy watching us for us, and that's that's super humbling. And it's, it's like you mentioned, it's it's honestly way more of, like, an honor for Correct. people to watch that versus just watching to, like, see what's new this week and, you know, what kind of drama is going on.
0: Oh, yeah, that's another one. Right. Drama. Drama. We want drama. That's mm-hmm. how... If people send death threats about keyboards not being available, imagine what <sighs> they can do more. It is crazy. I wish...
1: That hasn't happened as many times as it has.
0: No, true, true, man, true. <sighs> it's ridiculous how how you know uh, how much uh, how many times this has happened, right? Which is, yeah. come on, guys, grow up. It's a piece of mantle with some plastic on it. You know, just, <laughs> <laughs> it the know, truth exactly. is that <laughs> you know <laughs> we, we need to be we need to be clear here, man. It's it, true. It, if some people would hear that, you know what? First of all, and you you probably had the same experience. Me at my work, if I tell some people how much the keyboard that I have in front of me costs, people look at you and go like... I can see it in their mind going like, this guy is fucking crazy. Yeah.
1: You are clinically insane. It's
0: insane. This guy is insane. <laughs> you know, what is this, right? So, it yeah, is. sending death threats because of that? Come on, guys. Just it's, grow up, right? It's just Jesus, man.
1: Jesus. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, that's, that's not a fun thing to talk about. Yeah, true. Uh, I, just, going, I mean... Yeah, sorry, go
0: on. No worries. Just going back to and I just wanted to touch on, on this really, which is um you had that experience, I had that experience, I also did some stuff. What would you suggest? Going back to the talk, what would you suggest of someone that has, you know, experienced the same thing you did and I did in terms of mental health? What do you think that they should start doing with regards to it? Because maybe, you know, they're still in that part where they're not Sure. A lot know, of did,
1: a lot of stages. Yeah. And i it, there's I have a fair amount to say about this as well. But I mean, as you know, there's, this is a really loaded topic and there's way more to say about this than we have time for, but I think, I think we could all agree that, uh, depression, depression completely sucks. Uh, if anyone wants to see my story, that's more in depth. You can check out my post on topclack.com. But, um, I I do want to say, you know, it's, it's very real. And I, I went through most of my life, not realizing it was something I suffered from and, uh, kind of only now do I realize it after I've, I've been at my worst
0: yeah uh, I, I used true. to be
1: one of those people that didn't really believe it existed I had friends that you know complained that they had it and i i i didn't it's not yeah, that I necessarily yeah. didn't believe them but like it, it just never really like clicked with me like I never understood it like yeah, you're it's, it's like I was saying. Be it's like, happy, right? exactly like, like, <laughs> like I was saying.
0: Just get on with it, man. Come on, just come yeah. On. No, it, yeah. and like
1: you know, I feel so stupid that I used to think shit like that. And yeah. what I've learned now is that it's it's very real. And as people, we can't keep pretending that it's not. And yeah, I, since I'm still kind of on the journey of recovery myself, I'm not really sure you know where it can lead. Some days or better than others, for sure. You know, I hope that one day I and other people can finally be "quote unquote" cured. Um, but I think you know, it's it's mostly about self management, right? Like it's like you mentioned earlier, yeah. it's, it's not necessarily always something you're cured of. It's just how you can live your life and how you can how how you things. look
0: at it, right? That's that's probably yeah. what I would say. You know how how you look at it, how you approach it. You know, because I I find that knowing you have it is also very important because one of yes. the worst things that you can do is trying to you know to to fool yourself thinking that it's not you know i think yeah. that that was also something that made me go really down was not looking at all because after you know after you get really down and you start talking to people and even to professionals and etc and you start seeing all the signs that you had you go like oh yeah this has been there for like 2 years you know what I mean, and yeah. and 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 the, the the symptoms, if you want to call them symptoms, but you know certain certain stuff, it was there for two years,
1: mm-hmm. and at
0: that time you should probably have thought that you know it is an issue. Something means, was wrong. Yeah. Something is wrong. I need to address this.
1: And I'm I'm really I'm glad you you brought up the outlook too, um, because you know if, when you suffer from depression, your perspective on everything can change. Everything. Correct. It's, it's the hardest part uh, in, in my experience and people have people that have never experienced it can't relate and i know like, they don't I'm, I'm, I'm certain of this because i yeah. couldn't either me neither you know me neither that's yeah, the thing it, exactly i
0: have i had friends which were chronic depression with chronic depression and you think like how can you you know come on you just how can you you know yeah what is this because you don't you don't really understand it right and so we, because you don't really understand it you haven't been there and I think that nowadays also we're all talking about it much more because of everyone has felt it one way or another because of obviously COVID, etc.
1: Right? Yeah, it's it's starting to become more common, which is very Correct. very unfortunate. Um, but like when you when you do have it, it's it's like a block that you just you can't move past, and like you know it's small and you know it's silly but like you're you're held hostage by it and yes even the smallest tasks like getting out of bed or brushing your teeth or you know, having a conversation yeah. with someone can feel like super daunting and crippling and it's it's absolutely awful and it feels like nothing will ever get better and why even bother Yeah. Um, Thankfully, though, things things got a little better for me, and uh, I'm probably more fortunate than a lot of others. I think everyone is different, and it's both easy and wrong to generalize and say, you know, what works for me will work for others. But I I think we all have to start somewhere, and I think that somewhere is, like you mentioned, kind of realizing that you, you need help in some format. And, I, and reach I f- out.
0: I would say reach out. Yes you know what I mean Yes. reach out to whoever it is to, whoever you know, again anyone. it could be it could be a, a random person you know, on the internet that doesn't really know you and and it's a very funny thing that happened to me many many years ago so in times still on the time of IRC not even not even messengers you know this mm-hmm. 96k modem type of IRC right <laughs> yeah. and, and the funny thing is that I had this amazing friend that I never met in my life and we did it on purpose that we never met you know it was a girl and we would would speak. She would be on a totally different side of the country. But the thing is that because it's someone that you don't know and you just have a nick, you don't even know the, the person's real name, you can tell them so much more that you would probably tell your friend, sometimes because you're afraid of how your friend is going to judge you and knowing certain things. So, you know, what I would say is that reach out to anyone and just speak. Because what I, what I experienced is that I think that, you know, putting it out there and making it verbal and speaking about it helps you yes. also you know um, it's, yeah. it's no longer just a pressure on yourself and you know I had a, a recent situation where uh, my mother uh, you know contracted cancer luckily she's out of it but I found you know speaking with other people that it first of all when you start speaking about it you realize that a lot of other people have the si- same situation in their family and that speaking about it helps.
1: So I think the stigma around mental health uh, stops a lot of people from getting the help they actually deserve. And as a society, I think we're we're honestly terrible at so many things, and this is absolutely one of them. And you know, being able to speak up and say you're suffering and you need help is a brave and admirable act, and it should never be looked down upon. Uh, yeah, you're, totally you're not weak, and fuck anyone who says otherwise. True. Um please not, yeah. do not hold it in. I'm begging you you know i I'm lucky enough to have a girlfriend that deeply cares for me and understands what I'm going through you know she's she's helped me so much and uh, I do a lot to manage it as well and in my head i I have what I call the three m's, uh, which sounds dumb, so I've never really said it out loud <laughs> uh, but, but basically it's 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 meditate, medicate, and move and i'll and I'll break that down a bit for you because it's maybe a little more confusing than you might think. Uh, you know, meditation has become really big for me, uh, learning things like mindfulness and breathing techniques and, you know, listening to talks about, you know, neuroscience, why our body and brains work the way that they do and, and lots of other stuff. So I, have been using this app called waking up, which has helped me quite a bit, um, in, in, in that particular learning experience. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's been nice. So for medication it's it's going to kind of differ you know for each individual so I want to make that I want to make sure you guys understand it's a very kind of loose term here. Correct. You know, for a lot of for a lot of people it's you know prescription medication which is totally fine that's helped a lot of people and you know it could help you as well if this is what you suffer from. Uh, for me it's it's been cannabis um, yeah you know it, it could even be something as simple as staying hydrated or you know eating right and having tea which you know yeah. are all things i I recommend anyways but I, I'm a big advocate for cannabis, and thankfully it's it's legal where I am here and lots yeah. of other states it is as well, and even more that are kind of really starting to come around to it and um you know it, it's a lot of people think that cannabis is just for getting high quote unquote. Uh, but actually, there are, you know, there are a lot of medicinal benefits that are Correct. never really talked about. Um, it's funny.
0: It's funny that you mentioned that because here in UK, you know, although it's not legal, uh, we do have a lot of CBT, which is obviously one of the components mm-hmm. of cannabis, right? And, yeah. and and you know, they have realized that, yeah, the CBT actually, you know, uh, helps you, inter- even in that, it helps you in, in terms of the, your mental health, helps you in terms of body pain. Uh, so you know, it's proven that you know the the plant has a lot of medicinal effects too, and it's not yeah. just getting high, like you said. You know, in, yeah, in fact,
1: the plant has way more medicinal benefits than cannabinoids that are just for getting high. Right? Most Correct. Most people when they think about Correct. cannabis, they think about THC, which is you know what gets you high. But there's you know, There's a tons lot more, and tons of other yeah. and other cannabinoids, you know, that are parts of the plant that do so much. And uh, I'm glad you brought that up because you know cannabinoids like CBD and CBG, for example, they don't get you high at all. Uh, you know, but they can help you so much with things like anxiety and depression and you know lots of other negative conditions and symptoms. And you know, yeah. with that said, I, I I do enjoy getting high occasionally. as yeah. Well, <laughs> who I, doesn't, I right? <laughs> I won't lie. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna lie. Um, but anyways, finally move, uh, which is the, the last of my, my three M's and basically that it's just exercise, man, you got to do something and you know, it doesn't have to be anything crazy. You just need to get your body moving and your blood flowing a little bit. If you can run or jog or lift weights or whatever. Awesome. Uh, if you're lazy like me, I settle for a walk and you know, I, I don't care how short it is. Even if you go on a five minute walk, doing something is a hundred percent more beneficial than doing nothing here.
0: Yeah. I I started doing that too, you know, just going out for a walk because that had, and, and again, especially now because of, uh, and again, I think that a lot of people are feeling that because of the, of the lockdowns, uh, because before, you know, you're going to work. So you always have this, this walk going to work, seeing people, seeing movement, et cetera, still walking, getting into transport, uh, that stops. And then you realize how much you missed that, how much you needed, it. you know? So yeah. I like to now go out for a walk. Um, like you said, even if it's a ten minutes walk, but just walk. Yes, you know, your your mind wanders. You see birds, you see whatever you see, and that actually helps you.
1: Yeah, well the the compounding aggregate of good habits will make things just easier over time. Like even the small one percent, you know, improvements. Correct. Just find find a local park or somewhere you can walk around for a bit, and just start walking. If you get overwhelmed after five minutes and you feel like you need to leave, totally fine. You can leave, but don't give up entirely, right? Just, you know, just, just try it. And if you feel you can keep going, keep going. Walking five minutes is way better than nothing. But if you can eventually build up to, you know, 30 plus minute walks, that's even better. And, yeah. you know, the, the difference between walking 30 minutes a day and not walking at all has been monumental for me. And yeah, I think true, the bottom true. line is, you know, really any exercise is way better than no exercise here. And I definitely suggest getting out into nature for your walks if you can. The calmness of a forest or, you know, the serenity of being on water is, you know, both relaxing yeah. and, and can be really eye-opening, especially if you're not used to it. Um, true. Also, friends man like you mentioned earlier you just got to reach out talk to people friends can be really good for that i spent a lot of nights and i still do rather uh, spend a lot of nights in a discord voice chat with friends you know and even if we're not really doing anything or talking about anything in particular there's a lot of solace knowing that you have people that give a damn about you you know whether you feel it or not and the world's brutal and unforgiving uh, but it it can also be quite beautiful
0: yeah and like you said you know like you said even if he's just you know, just they're joking with each other. Or whatever. But yeah, it doesn't matter. Exactly. But but you're you, you feel like you are belonging to to a group. You feel like you have people that care, which is really important. And trust me, any of those people that are there, they're not there just because of whatever. No, they're there also because of you.
1: Yeah. That's exactly. how I feel. Right. And that, it's that, that, easy to forget that. But remembering correct. it is very powerful. Correct.
0: Correct. Now, on a lighter note, we have to go into one of your other hobbies. Which is anime, right? Now, okay. for the non-weeb out there, I don't know if a weeb is even a uh, uh, how do you call it a bad term or or not. If it's a, you know uh, something uh, bad that you say, but
1: you can one one would argue that weeb has a lot of negative connotations. Okay, so see, I, I don't know because I don't I don't follow. I think it's often misused as well because traditionally a weeb is someone that's actually obsessed with. Japanese culture, like as as a whole, not just someone that likes anime, but it's been kind of bastardized uh, over the years in terms of you know people just using it as like oh you watch anime you're a weeb, you like something that's Japanese you're a weeb like it's which is dumb and and I'm not I'm not I'm not a fan but that's it see I I don't hate being called a weeb though for what it's worth
0: (laughs) no but it's important to know you know that's the thing even for like you said for people that just hear it and then they start using it because they think it's that that you know that it means this and it doesn't really mean that means means something probably much worse right that's yeah. that's how it is so how so for someone that likes anime that much what would you say is the best show to get into anime if you're not into it
1: okay well i first off i want to say i i'm abs- i was absolutely hoping that we talk about this and i'm really happy that we <laughs> that we are going <laughs> to talk about this um so i i want to first say that uh, you know i want to clear up a few misconceptions i think there's there's definitely a few of them. So just like live action or, you know, quote unquote, regular shows, um, they can vary wildly. Um, there is absolutely terrible anime out there, just like mm-hmm. there are absolutely terrible other shows out there. And, uh, you know, the the genres are just as varied. Um, there's a, a big misconception that's really common uh, that anime is for kids, um, kind of like how uh, a lot of American cartoons, um, you know, that's just simply not the case. Some of the most intense, gritty, and positively savage shit I've ever seen in my life uh, has been on anime.
0: Yeah, for my experience, to be honest, the ones that I've opened, I tried this. I decided, you know what? Let me try and see this. And I saw one or two. Other, I can't even remember. I was like, <laughs> Jesus Christ, this is heavy. <laughs>
1: Right. Yeah, well, I mean, anime is absolutely for people of, uh, you know, of, of any age, and there's there's kind of something for everyone. So, you know, people don't give anime a chance because they have all these misconceptions about it, and it gives this stigma to it that, you know, you, you have to be obsessed with Japanese culture or, or the like to, to watch anime. And, you know, with that said, I I do think that people are starting to come around a little bit more, thanks in part to things like, you know, Netflix and Hulu, these popular streaming platforms. You know, that, that a lot of people already have. Um, yeah. they, they actually have some, some decent anime on them. Um, but anyways, uh, back to your actual question. I, I have tons of recommendations and my DMs are always open. I love talking about anime. Um, I think, like other shows and movies, it really depends on what genre you're feeling. You know, I, I often watch shows based on what genre I'm quote unquote feeling at the time, you know, versus just what's good or popular. Uh, my first recommendation for someone that's new to anime would probably be Attack on Titan, which has its final season currently airing right now. It's definitely not my favorite anime of all time, but I like to recommend it to people that think anime is childish or, you know, not for quote-unquote regular people. Um, you know, from, from episode one, it's just an absolute, brutal, nonstop thrilling ride with tons of emotion and symbolism and political strife. And, uh, you know, if, if you want something maybe more relaxing and feel good, maybe the slice of life genre, you know, can, can offer you a lot. I suggest Silver Spoon, uh, which is a really easy watch uh, about a city boy looking for a change. And he's learning the agricultural ropes of rural Japan. Um, another one would be Yuru, Yuru Camp. Um, which is quite literally about some girls that like camping. It's uh, really happy. It's really comfy. And, you know, there's nothing super complex about it. And this genre in particular can be hard for new people to get into because, you know, most viewers crave some form of heavy conflict or drama or, you know, something that needs to be resolved and big twists and highly relatable characters. But, you know, it's it's almost like watching a show where nothing really happens. But I mean that in the best way. It's, it's peaceful.
0: It's funny. It's funny that you mentioned because you know one of my so so, I my my first experience with with uh, anime was uh, with uh, a very old show. We spoke about this before. Uh, um, a very old show called uh, Future Boy Conan in English, yeah. and um, you know, and it's a again very old. Uh, I saw it when I was very young, um, and you know, I really liked it. I really liked the story behind it and everything. And then an- another very funny thing was at a certain point so I'm portuguese I come from Portugal and at a certain point in Portugal Dragon Ball Z Dragon Ball first and then Dragon Ball Z it started being played in TV the the country would stop to watch Dragon Ball Z it was at lunchtime I remember even where I worked people would go out when at lunchtime the cafeteria would stop to watch that half hour of Dragon Ball which wow. is so curious, right? People, it was a massive phenomenon in Portugal. You know, people love the show, which is curious, right? And again, it's a very, like you said, it's probably on the light side of things. Uh, you know, it had the, obviously the, the, the fights with the Vegeta and everything. But, but you know, it's, it, I, I always found it a much nicer way of, of, of anime because of that. It's a, it's a lighter thing. But then, yeah, I decided to start watching some and I found some that are really brutal. Really it's- brutal.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, Dragon Ball Z is, is very different from a lot of other anime. Correct. And, and not Correct. unlike other anime as well. I mean, there's there's definitely definitely a lot of similarities. And, and I mean, Dragon Ball Z is absolutely an anime. And it's something that, you know, like myself, I think, you know, a lot of people really enjoyed as a kid growing up. Yeah. 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 Um, I do have a couple more recommendations though, just, just, just before we kind of head over to the the next question here, but you know, for, for someone that might be looking for something a little bit more mind bending, I, I really highly suggest Stein's Gate. Um, I, if I told you about it, I feel like I'd be ruining it. So I'll just, I'll just say, watch it, but it's, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty good. There are also a lot of amazing movies all over the place. Your Name and A Silent Voice are probably two of the best movies I've ever seen in my life, anime or not. And uh, you also can't go wrong with anything from Studio Ghibli, uh, who do a great job making anime movies that everyone can appreciate. Honestly, yeah. it's they're almost like the Disney or or Pixar of of Japan in a sense. Um, though some of their movies can be a little bit more mature.
0: Would would Chihiro be one
1: of those? Uh, you mean Spirited Away? Send to uh, Chihiro something?
0: Probably. Uh, you know, in Portuguese, <laughs> the title was the the Voyage of Chihiro. It's basically the story yeah. of the girl, that the parents, you know, that girl g- goes into this, uh, you know, goes into this town, town deserted town, etc. But, you know, yep. probably.
1: Yeah, actual f- fun fact, that was, I think that was the highest grossing movie, anime movie of all time, until recently.
0: Very curious, yeah. Very good, yeah. I, lo- I, you know. I, I was it was spectacular.
1: It's a very good movie, Yeah. Yeah.
0: And like you said, it's not something that uh, I, I think there's also that misconception about for someone, so for some people, which is like anime is like for kids, but it's not. You know, it, yeah. there's a lot more it, into it. It, a lot. Can just it can be. It can be. Yeah, exactly. Like like, like a movie shows can be. Correct. Correct. <laughs> exactly. Like like a regular show can be for for kids or not. Right. That's, yeah.
1: I mean, there's there's a rating scale. um... You know, for anime, just like there is with non-anime content, right? Like you have yeah. your you have your G rating and your PG rating and PG thirteen and R and you know unrated yeah. and stuff like that. It's the same for anime as well.
0: Correct. Now, on that topic, so what makes it you like makes it like it so much? So, what makes you like anime that much? What gravitate makes you gravitate into
1: it uh-huh. and makes. It's it's something I've been watching since I was a kid. Um, like many other people my age, uh, and like you mentioned earlier, I grew up watching Dragon Ball Z, um, yeah. <laughs> which which is actually a terrible show. It really is. No, uh, exactly. For, for, That's for, the thing for you so know? many reasons. Yeah. It's it's truly bad. Uh, but you know, like when when you're a kid, it's so cool. You know, kind of like the the original Power Rangers, right? Like not a Correct. good show, but like as a kid, it's it's badass, right? Yeah, yeah, and true. I. That's that's probably what sparked the interest, um, you know, because as time went on, I would, I would borrow VHS tapes and, you know, later on DVDs of anime from friends, uh, which led me to three anime that I, I would say really gave me a jump start, uh, as it were, when, when it comes to anime, which were Trigun, Outlaw Star, and Cowboy Bebop, uh, which are all great anime in their own right. Yeah, cow- uh,
0: Cowboy, Cowboy Bebop, I heard. I heard about. Yeah, it. I never saw it, but I heard about. it. That's a it. pretty
1: popular one. Yeah, yeah. And you know, there's some of my earlier memories of anime, and I, I've watched them so many times that they're just nostalgic at this point. Uh, but I think I think people gravitate to anime for the same reason they gravitate to video games and books and you know other other mediums. They relocate us to a world that would maybe otherwise never exist. You know, be the people we want to be, do the things we want to do without having to worry yeah. about anything else, right? You know, which which can be both a blessing and a curse, but, you know, everything in moderation, right?
0: Yeah, true. Now, will we ever see Brian coming up with a key set about based off an anime, like it's common to to do nowadays?
1: Uh, honestly, there is so much that I've wanted to do in this hobby. Uh, design a board, a key set, lots of plans for Top Clack and collaborations that haven't happened yet. And, okay, uh, so let
0: me change the question to something else. If you would design a key set based off an anime, which anime would you choose? And oh it, and again, you, you don't need to say this character, or maybe even you want to say this character of this anime. But you know, what what would you think? It's the anime, you know the the one that you would choose.
1: Oh man, I gosh, I. I honestly... I, I wouldn't do it. I don't think I would do it, honestly. I, I just wouldn't... I wouldn't make a key set based on an anime. Uh, but, like... It, I don't know. I, I think that's maybe too simple of an answer as, as well. Um, well, I, but that's the
0: truth, right? You wouldn't do it, so... That's yeah. how it is, right?
1: Well, I think... I probably would have made a key set of something by now, but like my mental health, you know, more recently at least, you know, has kind of held me back from a lot in this community. And I, I hate knowing that. And I, I sometimes feel like I'm, I'm being left behind in the hobby sometimes, Um, you know, because I'm not always on the, the cutting edge of things anymore. Um, You know, though I have nobody to blame, but myself for that, you know, it's, it's rough trying to play any form of catch up in this hobby. And, I know I'm not the best streamer in the hobby, you know, far from it, in fact, or the best presenter, best photographer, you know, the best at, you know, most things in the hobby, really. But, you know, it took me a long time to realize I didn't need to be the best and that was totally okay and... You know, yeah. I'm, I'm not trying to, going to do a say story, but <laughs> like, no, no, you know, no but what, that's what,
0: that was what I was going to say. Right. It's that you don't yeah. really need to, you know, that's the thing is uh, me, me too, you know, uh, to be honest before, uh, before also the situation, et cetera, I would be much, much more into the hobby itself in terms of knowing everything there is to know, uh, unfortunately yes. or fortunately I've now have a new hobby too, which is vaping, you know, actually finally I stopped smoking and I changed to vaping. And on top of that, there's also rebuildables and all this stuff in in that in that world, which is oh good stuff to tinker as well. Good, you know, which is also a problem because also makes you spend a lot of more money than you than you should. But anyway, uh, but but basically meaning that you know, you probably just wander off a little bit and you again because you don't no longer do the do the news etc you don't feel the need to be on top of everything every single day and i'm sure that doing it all that time also tired you a bit of that it's, right then
1: it's not even really possible to correct. keep up with everything in the hobby oh yeah, like yeah it, for it, sure. it used to be so easy and now it's now it's like you nobody can do it it's it's a full-time job to even attempt to do it and i still don't really think anyone can yeah, really yeah. succeed to like that level of like yes you have all the information um, but but getting back to your, your actual question as far as the key set is concerned, I, I would say it'll probably never happen, especially not an anime set. you know as <laughs> as a lot of top clack followers know I'm I'm colorblind and yeah. uh, you know as far as the colors that I can see, I, I kind of stopped caring about colors and of plastic and metals a long time ago. I, I get colors are an immense part of the hobby right now and that's totally fine but you know personally I just don't care anymore so much drama and hatred i've seen over colors and i'm and i'm sick of seeing it personally oh so yeah right? oh, i try I'm to true. avoid it um you know i've i've recently been making a joke uh, lately where i talk about how i'm going to be releasing a zero colored key set correct um like ze- like an amount of colors equal to zero <laughs> you know <laughs> so,
0: it's a funny yeah. thing it's like i always joke and when people start songing, it's like hey it's it's uh, olivia in different colors you know, oh, I mean, yes, that yeah. joke that people do, it, but it's true. You know, it gets to a point where, yeah, it's Olivia with the different colors. That's what it yeah. is. Right?
1: And, you know, with that said, I, I wouldn't mind trying maybe one day to do like a top clack key set since we kind of do have a, a specific color palette. Um, yeah. But I feel like at this point it would just be another key set. You know, we're we're so quick to move on to the next thing because we almost have to at the rate that our community is growing. And you know, But that's I a very miss... good point,
0: right? That's a very good point, which yeah. is... When you buy, nowadays, it's it's what I find, right? And it happened to me recently, is that I bought a key set and I got it and okay, I've moved away. It's no longer yeah. something that, and, and I guess that's one of the issues the with, the, with the amount of time that it takes is that when you get it, finally you get it, you, you know, especially if you're in a, again, if you're in a older, you know, or not an older, but in, in, a, in a further step of your of your journey and you already know a lot of what you want, Obviously, you're going to choose certain key sets that you like because you know that you, that you like. But when you're starting out and, you know, oh, this one, it looks nice. I'm going to buy this one. You run into the into the problem that when you get it, you eventually already moved out of that and you don't no longer like all these bright colors and now you're more into these pastel colors and more toned down sets. You know, it's very curious. It, it, it is a, a thing, right?
1: Yeah, no, It, it honestly, it <laughs> it makes me miss the simpler times. I mean, I think, there's definite merit to the way things are now. Um, you know, it's, it's important to keep moving forward. Just remember to take the time to appreciate what we have now and, you know, where we come from. You know, that, that, come, that, that goes for both keyboards and in life.
0: Correct. Now, last questions of the podcast. What, the first one, if you could change something today in the keyboard hobby, what would it be?
1: That is a deep question. Um, I think that our community could benefit a lot from even just a little bit more compassion and open-mindedness. You know, we're we're all people with feelings and hardships, and, and none of us came to this hobby for our lives to be worse. Uh, you know, we came for fun or an escape or to try new things. We all need help sometimes, and that's totally okay. Supporting each other, very big positive. You know, that that's more important now than ever. And I think, you know, as our community is truly starting to grow and take shape, uh, at the beginning of mainstream we we really need to think about how we want outside people to view us and our hobby you know whether they're coming into the hobby or not and you know i'm not going to lie to myself and pretend our community is perfect and you know we're going in all the right directions and you know i think there is a lot we can and and definitely should work on and i'm tired of people making excuses you know like well the hobby is getting bigger that's just how it goes you know, I am. I'm not convinced our community is doomed to be like every other big toxic. Oh no! And hobby. Totally you know, agree. Just, just because of size and commercialization, you know, we all have the power to change things and to help people, and it's it's just a matter of being that person. And correct, you know, which you know. I will say is much harder than being toxic and not giving a shit. You know, that's way easier. But I think in the long run, the extra effort can and, and frankly, will pay off.
0: Yeah, I totally agree on that because. Again, like you said, it, you know, it's very easy for people to just, uh, uh, you know, see something or whatever, and just again, if someone is, is starting out and and goes into whatever, into a Discord server or into you know Reddit, does a question and people crucify him immediately, you know, you've been there, you don't know that yeah, question, yeah, you, you, you didn't know that question before, you know, so what's yeah. wrong? What? Yeah, for you that that spends your life in in reddit and you're watching it every single day yeah that question has been asked 1000 times but you need to understand that probably that person just arrived to the to the you know to the reddit or for or to discord and never saw that before you know and then obviously some people uh i like to search i like to go into google and try to learn stuff myself some people don't some people find it easier to ask you know
1: yeah no i i completely agree and i i've I've always been baffled when people ask in like a discord they'll ask a random question in even appropriate channels and people will just hound these people like why don't you go do some research yourself like google this google that and it's like come on guys like yeah true a we're not doing anything else right now anyways why not answer this question yeah. right and <laughs> exactly like, B, you, you, it only makes here information at the more discord
0: public. you know anyway
1: yeah and i mean i i Try to answer every question that's asked of me as well, because I'm I'm a firm believer in that, because that's a lot of how I learned as well. I mean, I think there's definitely more documentation now than there ever has been. However, there's also way more information and in people doing it right now. And so the community is is definitely split in a lot of ways and in a lot of places, but... The information can be found, but sometimes it just takes a lot of searching and sometimes it's just easier to ask someone that's, you know, willing to give you an immediate response and they're totally okay with it. And I think that's fine.
0: And I I remember myself when I started, you know, and, and for nowadays it's very for us is, you know, talking about tactiles and linears and clickies and and curve forces and, and spring weights and all that seems very, you know, natural and very easy. I remember that when you start, this is a whole whole different thing right you're like what what is what does a tactile mean or what is oh spring weights, oh, weight oh wait, you know so I think that people also need to realize that that even though we some some of the stuff that we know that we take for granted and we think that they're very simple remember when you were starting out and maybe it wasn't that simple at the time when you when you started you know? yeah exactly right understanding what the difference is between a north north facing switch and a south facing switch people don't have a clue about yeah,
1: that. And not only that, but our hobby in particular has a lot of terminology and you know, initialisms Correct. and acronyms that like you won't really hear anywhere else and you won't really know what they are until you hear them.
0: Correct. Last one. Oh, this used to be about twenty twenty. Twenty twenty is gone. Twenty twenty one is here. A bit better. Still not okay, not great, <laughs> but a bit better. We're getting a vaccines, etc. Things are are moving along, right? What's next for Brian? Oh or sorry. I should call you Quackems. What next to Quackems on this year of twenty twenty one? What's up to come?
1: Um, you know, I I wish I had a bunch of crazy epic projects and big things to you know advertise, but the reality is I just don't. Um, you know, I I I spend a lot of time just chilling in my official Top Clack Discord. You know, we we do a lot of uh, we try to do a lot of streams. We usually do at least a couple a week over at twitch.tv slash Top you know, we're we're very chill. We're very down to earth. We're very casual these days. You know, a lot of the shows you, guys are change,
0: more of, you guys change. You guys changed the the show to a Friday, which yeah, is great to, because we can we now we we from EU we can actually catch it live, which was a yeah. bit tough before. That Try was cool. to do some
1: more friendly times. Yeah, we're trying to you know do a little bit better job of helping people promoting mental health. Uh, awareness and you know other things of that nature, and uh, we we definitely have some things planned. We have some charity events planned um, for Mental Health America and potentially cool. other charities. Cool, cool. Um, and we do have some things in the pipeline, but I mean nothing. You know, there's nothing crazy going on. We're just, you know, a couple guys trying to help others and and do our part and do so through our passion. And, you know, I hope that people can come hang out and enjoy the content. And, you know, if it's not for you, it's not for you. But, you know, if it is, awesome. We'd love to have you.
0: Great, great. Brian, once again, man, thank you so much for joining. It's been a real, real pleasure having you here and and talking to you. Great talk. Guys, if you don't know top clack first of all you're not from this this hobby if you haven't heard of not even even if you don't watch them if you haven't heard of top clack come on guys anyway i will drop links on the description about a lot of stuff that we talked about uh brian once again man thank you so much for joining i really 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 appreciate you being here
1: it's been an absolute pleasure honestly and i I'm really happy to be here and I you know, hopefully we can, you know, get the word out about mental health and some other stuff and definitely get the awareness will. whirling. And I, I, I'm I'm also super excited that uh, I got to spend so much time listening to your voice because it's oh, geez, it's freaking man. melodic, man. I, I could I could you're one of the people I could listen to like all day. Uh, cheers,
0: man. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Guys, again, we have uh we have a, an email address, theth at Sorry, the podcast at gmail.com. If you want to send us an email. Uh, Also, we have a a Twitter account, which is at the Thonk, if you want to follow it, so you get notified immediately as we release the, the new episode. And again, guys, until the next show, thank you so much for listening. Brian, once again, thank you. Have a good one, guys.